0: This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome.
1: Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. We got a great question again today that's been submitted, Michael. Here it is. How can you best assimilate information into heart change?
0: Yeah, I I appreciate the question, but i prefer to do is Mm -hmm. answer a different question that in the process answers this question (laughs) okay how's that all right uh the question that i would like to answer is how do people change oh yeah and i I, we're not talking about behavior modification like no 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 no. we're not talking about that so i've spent quite a bit of time thinking about this i'm not saying that i've landed on like the perfect whatever but For me, in terms of counseling, in terms of working with people and just dealing with myself and trying to build a biblical theology, I'm regularly in front of people, and so are you, and we need to take them from point A to point B, okay? And there are sometimes it's behaviors that need to change, but what we know as pastors is that real change, long-term change happens because there's a change of heart. So your heart... Is the core of a person. Your heart is what drives your thoughts. It's what drives your decisions, your behaviors, because it drives your wants and your desires. And so the question which I appreciate is: how can you best assimilate information into heart change? The person understands something really pivotal. If my heart will be changed, my behavior will be changed and my thoughts will be changed. And so this for anybody, like you might be an an addict, you might be an abuser, you might be a liar, you might be a thief, right? All of these are the overflows of a broken heart. And we need to put this heart back together. So three ways people change. Uh, Number one is people change their hearts by changing their behavior. So I'm not saying this is the end all. I'm just saying this is a a, a reality. So you'll go to a lot of churches and they're all practical, 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 typically because you have a doer as your preacher, which Mm -hmm. is great. And if you change your behavior, it does make an impact on your heart, but it doesn't make an enormous impact. It's just a small impact. So if I stop stealing and I discipline my behavior, that will slowly start to affect my heart. And that's a reality. So, we need to use this thing that we have called self control. Everybody has it, Christian or non Christian. Christians just have more of it. And we need to use this thing called self control. And as you control your behavior, then your heart will change. Okay. So, that's one aspect of. Real life change. So here's a great way to change your heart. You you lust a lot. Well, stop looking at pornography. Like That actually will begin to um, that's right. change parts of your heart. But here's the reality. Um, what you do is a small portion of how you change your heart. The second way your heart is changed is through what you put into your mind. And that's where this question gets to, which is how can, how can you best assimilate information into heart change? And here, here's what happens. As the brain thinks God's thoughts— Um, those thoughts change the heart slowly. And so I think of it like drips of water. Let's say your heart is an empty tank, right? And every time you read the Bible, it puts another droplet of water. And your goal is to fill up this tank. The problem is there's a hole in the tank. So as you're filling it up, it's continually leaking, you know? And uh, every time you make a right decision, that's another droplet that goes in and your heart is being filled up. But the reality is because of sin, it's constantly being drained as well. And so here's what happens is you put in your brain, God's thoughts, and as you Control your behavior, both of these have a pretty massive effect on your heart. Now, the third way the heart changes is just by simply divine intervention. And this is the most strategic, the most effective, the most final way. And uh, so the way I like to think about it is I'm going to control my behavior. I'm going to control what I put in my mind, and these are going to change me, but very slowly. Mm. But what God does on top of this is that's what changes me quickly. Yes. So what I have to do here is I need to plug up the holes where I'm leaking, put in the right stuff, and then let God at his own pace change my heart. Now, so we say your head, your heart, your hands. You change your hands, you change your head. God changes your heart. hmm as I say all that, the reason I put it like this is because some people are like, I'm thinking all the right thoughts. I'm like, yeah, but you're looking at pornography you're still doing over the wrong here. Thing. You're still doing the wrong thing. Or they're like, "Oh, well, I'm doing the right thing. I'm like, yeah, but your brain is completely discontent. You're not thinking right. right. Your head and your hands, your behavior and your mind have to align. And as they align, Correct. your heart starts to change. And the opposite is true. If you start acting um, in a way that is not in obedience to God's word, your heart starts to go into a negative place. So we try to like plug up the holes so it leaks less and we try to put in into our mind the right things and into our, with our behavior the right things. And these have, I would say, measurable but minuscule effects on our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, where they have long-term effects is when you do this over the long haul. So someone's like, I'm a porn addict. Well, that's not going to change quick, okay? That's going to change over a long period of time as you stop looking at porn, you put God's word and God's truth into your head, you plug up the holes of bad thinking and wrong behavior, and what starts to happen is your heart starts to fill up. And then here's where I think the coolest part comes in. There are these moments where God just intervenes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, done, like done. Yeah. Let's take care of this. Like if I made a list, I, I did this in like 2008 or 9. I'd I been making lists of all the biggest struggles in my life. And then by the end of the year, the majority of them were, would be gone, but I'd have a whole new set of struggles, right? <laughs> it just keeps, keeps happening. And, uh, but I was amazed because I would look back and I would be like, I don't even remember that going away. I just know I don't even think about it now. And I think God is just so gracious because as we obey with our mind and with our decisions, I think God loves to just come in and like supernaturally change our hearts and fast forward the process. Uh, I've got one or two, I would just say lifelong struggles that God has not like freed me from. But by and large, these little things, as I control my behavior, my mind, God just tends to jump in. And change them, but this is where you'll never know how much you're being changed until you start documenting your areas of struggle, which I think is why journaling is one of the best like things that you can do. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how can you best assimilate information into heart change? And I would say information is best assimilated to heart change by constant intake and obedience to what it says. Yeah, those are two simple things. The reason most people don't change is because they're not taking in a lot of stuff. And they're not really paying attention to it, so they're not obeying
1: And everything you're talking about there is is exactly what Paul was speaking of in Colossians 3. In that whole Colossians 3 passage, he's talking about putting on the new self. He's talking about how to do that, Mm -hmm. which is really heart change, which heart change leads to behavior change. Mm -hmm. He's talking about things that you need to focus on, things that you need to put in your mind, things that you need to put on and things that you need to take off things that you need to now no longer do you need to put to the side that is how heart
0: change happens and it's from the heart that the hands Yep. flow so the heart is driving everything but this is this is what I think the beauty of self-control is. Self-control is the ability to do the opposite of what your heart wants. Yes, that's what's crazy yes. about self-control you can do that so even though my heart wants this sin, the gift of self-control is that I can actually choose the opposite of what my heart wants. So when I want something that is not according to God's word, I know I've got a heart problem I got a leak, right? And that's where God has given me the ability to do the opposite of my heart, mm-hmm. and that's what self-control is. Self-control is the ability to do the opposite of what you value, and it's a uniquely human thing. It's it's powerful. It is from God, and uh, when you do those things, when you overcome the propensities and the values inside of you, uh, it changes you, and uh, it's like weed killer on weeds. And <laughs> but. Here's the reality. It has to be exercised regularly yeah. because self-control is one of those things that gets easier. It's like a muscle. Um, I like to think about it like drug addiction. If you're addicted to drugs, um, it gets easier the more you stop doing them. But once you put them back into the rhythm of your life, mm-hmm. it goes right back to square one. And um, so again, self-control, head, heart, hands. It's a paradigm. I think that's helpful. That's easy. Yeah. Let me throw one more thing, at us, yep. uh, just just so we can kind of, balance
1: everything out. We're talking about what a person can do for themselves, but there's mm-hmm. also the piece of mutual accountability, having someone walk this journey with us, somebody to hold us
0: accountable for our thoughts and actions. Let's talk about that a little bit. It kind of, so this is a tricky thing for me. Um, some people do really, really well with accountability partners. Some people do. Unquote. Some people really struggle with it. Yeah, I do much better in really transparent relationships mm-hmm. because – for me, the weekly meetings of how are you doing? How are you doing yeah. Like they nauseate yeah, me. That and, oh my God, can be just, just a force. Yep. And so- I'm not kinda, saying it is. No, I'm saying yeah, it yeah. can be. It can be. And for some men, it is super, super helpful. They yeah. need check-in points, et cetera. Yep. What I need are, I'm just talking about me right now. So yeah. I'm just talking about my goal of feeling here, okay? So what I need are men and women in my life who when they see something, immediately talk to me, who yeah. aren't afraid of me. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is, the people who love me see my sin struggles before I do. Yeah,
1: um,
0: they're watching me and they see the patterns and the habits and the like when I get irritated and all this. That is what I need. Mm. Uh, what I what I watch happen is that people are afraid to call out sin, yeah. and um, I, I call those real relationships where yeah. a person
1: can be transparent. Uh, the, the accountability is not. Uh, uh, something
0: that they do, it's something that they are. Right. So we say, address the hunch. Yeah. Yeah. And this is hard for people. When they come to Village Church on staff, like and I, you know, you and I have had this relationship where I'm like, look, I don't know what is. I'm just telling you what I'm experiencing. What I, you think? What you feel? You know, no, and, and no, let's talk, talk about, about it. Here's the information I have here. Are the conclusions I'm tempted to conclude. Mm-hmm. Like, let me give this to you. Form my brain so I don't sure. have to, like, come to wrong conclusions. Sometimes I think I have the right conclusion, and then you're like, no, nope, that was the wrong <laughs> conclusion. Here's some context. Yeah. And that's gone both ways. It's yeah, like, absolutely. And, and that's fine, but at least we're talking. Yeah. You know? And that's and a that real is, relationship. Right.
1: Not not just this, uh, how you doing? Yeah, we're doing fine. Yeah, yeah Great. Oh, oh, move on. On.
0: On. And, and I don't ever I want to be in a place where I'm afraid to say something to you Mm -hmm. as soon as I get afraid likely it's because you have been defensive or if you're afraid it's because I've been defensive you know fear does not ever produce love like that just does not happen right and uh but even if even if I got defensive um I still think you would say you know forget you I am not gonna let your (laughs) defensiveness make me afraid of you I love you too much to to buckle under under your strength of defensiveness you know Uh I think that goes both ways yes but that's where I think most people don't change because A, they are afraid to talk about their sin, shine light on it, and B, they are not in a community that can say, hey, watch out for that. Yeah, watch out. Watch out for that. I'm seeing something here. The older you get, I want to be really clear on this. This is not, I'm not talking to you, Tim. <laughs> I, no, I'm serious. I, I, I do understand the age difference here, and this yes. is actually not about you. Um, in fact, I could say your ability to receive feedback is second to none. So, thank you. Yes. But the older you get, uh, the more you dislike candid hard feedback
1: generally so, speaking
0: i would agree yes this has been it, it, my general yes. experience yeah. you know the more spiritually mature you are in a community the harder it is to receive really oh i told like see i'm the would, hardest yeah. guy now yeah. if they are really wise
1: yeah
0: they will take it yeah they will listen um but it is it is interesting to me when i have to sit down with older men and say can i just can i just yeah. tell you what i'm seeing you yeah. know um, way, 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 way easier with younger guys. <laughs> way easier.
1: If you're older, I, I can see that. If you're older than the younger guy, they'll be more more likely to listen to an older guy. Right. But the up, but, the yes, up the chain is
0: but a little difficult for me. It's not. So I, all I'm doing is giving anecdotal stuff right now. Okay, okay. so let me just be candid. It's not about. <laughs> this is not about the young person to the old. As I watch. All right, let me just lay out my dynamics. Is I well, there are a couple of them, right? <laughs> Listeners, thanks for putting yeah. up with I, this process. This is great. When I I when I watch older male relationships, um regularly I'll have conversations like this. Well, have you talked to them about it? No, I couldn't. No, talk, no, oh, no, no. talk about it. You know, when I'm talking to guys and, and girls in their twenties and thirties. Like way easier. Like uh-huh. they'll be like, "Oh yeah, well, yeah, it's good. We should probably go talk about it." There's some there's some kind of jadedness that happens as people get older. Generally, not everybody. I'm uh-huh. just saying generally, where they are afraid to talk to each other. Then there's this other caveat, which I've also addressed in this podcast. Um, women. My experience oh, yeah. is that no. women, yeah. by and large, at village church. I'm not going to speak about women in general. It's not like derogatory. <laughs> I'm just saying at village church, I have noticed women do not address each other directly. The dudes. I, Oh yeah, guys are like Michael. You upset me, and here's what's happening. I'm like, cool, great conversation, thanks, man. Yep. Or I'll call them. And I'm like, dude, you are really frustrating me, and we uh-huh. just talk about it real time. Like there yep. is a culture of uh, in the men of the village church yep. that is very much like real time. I've experienced that as well. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? They tell you when they're upset they, they with you. They tell you, and and I, yep. I I do really well
1: with it. I, I, I would I, far smile. rather know yep. what someone is thinking and feeling, absolutely, so we can
0: get it on the table and let's talk about it. The amount of women I've said you should really go talk to them. And they oh, no, never no, they do. And I'm like, guys, ladies, I should say, ladies, like yeah, just talk. talk. So there is, there is a, and I do believe it's part of a mom culture um, that starts when you're in your twenties and thirties and then just grows. There's something about the way the evangelical church has fostered feminine community and relationships um, that I, I just, I've seen that this is, one of the negative byproducts now there are multiple positive byproducts so i'm not mm-hmm. just trying to say it's all bad just saying this is one of those realities
1: so in reality what we're talking about is about assimilating change in your heart it really takes uh, an attitude of transparency it really takes an attitude of just yep. dealing with things on the surface not letting them go underground or under the carpet yep but just putting them out on the table let's talk about them so here here's
0: here's like an analogy or not an analogy, an illustration when we hire a new staff, uh, and I've, I've told multiple people this, I've told, I've told them, if you don't like something I'm doing, or for some reason you don't feel safe talking to me, go to the elders. Mm. Do mm-hmm. it. Don't mm-hmm. even, mm-hmm. I won't, you'll not, I'll never be upset with you. Yeah. I might not like it. But like, you're not going to get in trouble. It's not going to change your relationship. If if anything, it's going to be an opportunity for me to realize I'm creating an unsafe environment. And that's hard for people to believe because most of the time, like, don't go to my supervisor, you know, but like, no, I'm like, no, go to my supervisors, like truly, because Mm -hmm. if you're not feeling safe with me or or maybe you're confronting me and I'm not getting it or something's not changing, if there's sin in my life, don't be afraid of me. Um, And I've also told people you can go to any one of our staff. If you have a problem that you're working through with me and you need advice, Any of our staff are saying because
1: you're asking for advice, trying to resolve the
0: issue. Yeah, I trust. You're not gossiping. You're trying to resolve. Right. You know, I trust our staff. I am totally fine if you go to Bethany and say, "I've got, I'm trying to work through this thing with Mike. What do you think I should do?" Because Bethany knows me really well, Mm -hmm. and she would say to you, "Here's what I think you should do." I trust that if you and me have a squabble and you're trying to figure out the best way to go about it, she's not going to have a negative view of me because you and I had a squabble and maybe I did something wrong. I've done a lot of things wrong and dumb, and she's forgiven me for them, and vice versa. I don't need them to think I'm perfect. I don't need them to think I'm the best leader. I don't need them to think I'm the best pastor. And so if it helps you process with her, do it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't upset me at all. Um, and if I do something dumb, then I need to just get to a place where I own it. Yeah. Um, and that's a very, I get that that is unusual in pastoral circles, um, but it has proven to be really helpful for me uh, because it's—it's it's actually it's made me want to have a humility that allows people to come speak to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't always like it, but I don't have to like it. Um, nobody likes being told they're wrong, but I want to, I want to please God. I want to love people and I want to have that community around me. So I would say it takes you having a community. It takes you having a willing heart to receive it. Uh, again, I think accountability is more about the kind of relationship the you relationship. have than the organization of uh, the weekly meetings. So yep. yeah, for what that's worth. That was a lot of, uh, I don't even know that we actually answered the question, but Well, we try. We try. There we go. (laughs) Thanks, listeners, for joining us today. Please
1: come back next time when we answer another question, which will be, I've heard that God allows us to go through difficult seasons. Is this always true?
0: Hmm.